0: Good evening, Radiate family. We're so glad that you've joined us today on this Christmas Eve as we celebrate Christmas and the birth of our King. Some of y'all are celebrating tonight. Others of you guys are celebrating tomorrow. No matter when you celebrate, we just want to wish you a merry, merry Christmas. We're so glad that tonight you've, joined, you've, you've decided to join us as we remember and celebrate and lift up our King who was born this Christmas day. As we dive into today's message, we're going to take a look at the birth of Jesus. Um, Jesus' birth was a fulfillment in the promise of the coming King. And here he was present among humanity. It was a glorious moment in human history, a moment that would ultimately change the course of our human and spiritual lives forever. As we look at his birth We are honing in specifically on the impact of this new baby, this new king's presence and what it had, the impact that it had on some characters that were within the story. And those characters today are the Magi. Now, the Magi have come to play a popular role in secular narratives of the uh, in secular narratives of the Christmas story. Uh, songs and stories have been told and written and sang about them. And in some religious and cultural traditions, specific days have been designated as days of honor and remembrance for these magi, often called kings. You know, we three kings of Orient are, right? And I think there's a uh, Los Reyes holiday that is celebrated in specific uh, Latino communities, right? Um, but the magi teach us something about what it means to respond to the presence of the Messiah. Their response to the Messiah on earth is, is, is a demonstration and an example of what we need to do and how we must respond to the presence of the Messiah in our lives. Some time ago, there was this song written by Tamala Mann that said, Take me to the king, right? And a lot of us knew that song and what it was about. And and, and what I hear from the Magi as we get into the text is they're saying, Take us to the king. Take us to this baby. Take me to the king. And this message today intends to do just that to take us or take me, take ourselves. To the king and help us have a new mindset and way of thinking about the presence of King Jesus, the Messiah in our lives. Uh, We have already read through Matthew chapter two um, and some things really stuck out to me as we see this journey of being taken to the presence of the king or being in the presence of the king. And on this Christmas day, I want to highlight five things that we're going to jump through really quickly about what it means for the king to reside both on earth and in our lives. And the first thing that stands out is hearts that are compelled to worship the king. As we read the scripture, it's important to understand the place that these wise men are in and the, and the position that they find themselves in when we greet them and we meet them. For the first time in, uh, in Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to read verse 2 really quickly for you. It says, where is the one who has been, who was born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Listen to their language. We have come to worship him. The king. These wise men found it paramount not only to be in the presence of the king but to honor him. There was a sense of internal determination they felt compelled to go to the king. As a youngster I loved watching the Discovery Channel and TLC the Learning Channel Uh, And one of my favorite things to learn about was animals. Side note, if you didn't know about me today, I actually uh, really wanted to be a zoologist for a long time and then a marine biologist for a really long time and then a bunch of of different other scientists things. I've always thought science was really cool. And what I thought was really cool about animals was the understanding of pheromones. Uh, That pheromones... What what are pheromones? Pheromones are biological chem- chemicals that send signals uh, to other animals of the same species, and those pheromones serve two roles or two purposes. One was to communicate a need or desire, and the second to compel other animals to act on that desire. Okay, so a pheromone did two things. Ready? It communicated a need, and hopefully for that animal, it provoked a desired response out of that communicated need. The pheromones of a nearby animal would compel other animals to behave in a particular way. It would cause an inherent intrinsic reaction that would compel these animals to do whatever it is that these pheromones signaled. Sometimes they signaled to stay away. Sometimes they signaled to get close. Sometimes they signaled to mate. Some other times they signaled dominance. But they would signal and cause the heart to move or the animal to move in a particular direction. We have approached with these, we see the same approach with these wise men, with these magi, with these kings. You see, the presence of the king compelled these wise men to a place of worship. We have approached with hearts that are determined to worship Jesus, said these wise men. And, and, and this is the same thing that we need to be saying ourselves. The presence of the king should compel us to a place of worship. The presence of the King on earth, Emmanuel, God with us, should move us, push us, propel us to a place where we have no choice but to be near and close to Him. No choice but to worship Him and to honor Him. No choice but to find Him and lay at His feet. There's that song that we used to sing when we were really younger. Just to be close to you, just to be close to you, just to be close to you is my desire. It's an inward feeling, an inward pull. Your heart needs to be compelled to be close to Jesus. So I say to you today, does the presence of the King, compel you pull you draw you near draw you close and bring you to a place of worship a place where we've talked about your life becomes a demonstration of worship towards the presence of the King in your life right not just the presence of the King Emmanuel God with us in the flesh here on earth 2,000 years ago but God being with you today right here right now where you stand does the presence? of the king compel your heart to a place of deep adoration and praise towards him to him for him and about him secondly we see what the magi wise men kings whatever you want to call them today we see that these 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 men have eyes that see the signs of the king. I love how the scripture starts. Let's read verse two one more time. Ready? Listen. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. We have seen the star, they said. They see the star that was in the sky. See, the star was the sign that the king had made his entrance here on earth. And these wise men moved towards Jesus' direction because of what they saw happening In the natural what they saw happening before them what they saw in the sky this star that compelled their hearts to move and this tells us two things that we can learn from these magis and the eyes that see the signs of the king ready the things that we can learn from them is one they understood that they had to be watching they understood that they had to be vigilant they understood that they need to keep their eyes wide open. I love my grandmother. Uh, uh, God rest her. Uh, she uh, when come, she came from Haiti to to visit us, and uh, she she I mean she was a blast. She really was, and she would lay down with us, right? Uh, or lay down rather in her bed, um, and like she would clearly be sleeping. And while she was sleeping, we peek in or on the couch even, right? She just knocked out. And we go to her and be like, Grandma, are you awake? Right? And then she would say, and I'm going to say it in both languages, are you sleeping, Grandma? She would say, no, j'aime clair. Eh? Which means my eyes are open, my eyes are clear, my eyes are wide, translated in Haitian clear, uh, Creole. Right? She, her eyes were open. She would be watching. She, would, she was asleep, let's be honest. But she says that she would be watching and be ready and waiting. Her eyes were open. See, these wise men knew that they had to be watching for the king. They had to have eyes that were attentive, to be watchful for signs that the king had made his presence known. And then they knew that when they saw the signs of the king, they would be able to recognize it. And they would be able to know that this is in fact the king who has made himself present. So they had to be watching and they also had to use their eyes to confirm. And on an even deeper level, if we read verse 10 of Matthew chapter two, we come and see that when they saw the star over the place where Jesus was, they were filled with joy. You see, not only did their eyes watch for the signs, but their eyes also were watching for what would lead them to the immediate presence of Jesus. That readiness, that compulsion of their hearts led them to a place of being prepared to be watching for the entrance of our Lord onto the earth and knew what the sign would be when he showed up. You see, too often we are oblivious to the king's entrance into our lives. We get so preoccupied with other stuff that we miss the signs that Jesus is near or here because our eyes, both the natural and the natural, And the spiritual eyes aren't watching acutely enough for the signs that the Lord has entered in. Our focus is somewhere else. We're preoccupied. So I say this to you. Do you have eyes that can see the sign of the Lord doing something, moving, being present, being near? Do your eyes... Are your eyes able to pick up and do they give you the chance to perceive and interpret the signs of the entrance of the Lord into your life or into your situation? Do you know when God has shown up? God is always with us. Don't get it twisted. He's always present. He's always here. And there are specific specific times where God makes his presence known. Do you can your eyes, both your physical eyes and your spiritual eyes pick up on the fact when you know what the Lord is here? Let me be silent. Let me be ready. Let me move towards his direction. You heard that? Let me move towards his direction. That brings us to the next step that I want us to understand and that is feet that move towards the king when we read the first verse something sticks out in an extraordinary way a way that can be real easy for us to miss if we aren't careful careful let's read verse one after jesus was born in bethlehem in judea during the time of king herod magi from the east came to jerusalem y'all heard that magi from the east came to jerusalem what does that mean Well, literally, these, I mean, when we sing the old song, we three kings of Orient, we don't use that word anymore, right? But we know that that word was referred to what we know as China, right? Or Eastern Asia, right? Now, studies and theologians have tried to gauge where exactly these men are from. They could have been from as far, as near as the Middle East or as far as what we would consider today modern China. But the thing that is certain is that these men came from afar. They traveled hundreds of miles to be in the presence of the king. It wasn't enough to just have hearts that were compelled by the king or eyes that were able to recognize the signs that the king had made himself known here to us on earth. The outward signs and the inward pull must be coupled with bodily movement towards the direction of Jesus. You see, if I can see with my eyes and feel with my heart, but I don't move with my feet, it's imperfect, it's incomplete. If I see something with my eyes and I feel something with my heart, it must move me to a place where my body moves in the direction of what it means to be in the presence of the Lord, what it means to be near to him, what it means to draw close to him, what it means to worship him, what it means to be taken into the presence of the king. So I ask you this, this question, does the awareness and the pull of the presence of the king cause you to move in his direction? The presence of the Messiah is more than just a celebratory experience once a, ye- we- once a year or something that can be viewed from afar. The presence of the king should draw you in and, his, and your feet should move towards where he is. What does that mean? What if it's not your actual feet? Then let me just say it like this. You should be compelled to move towards
1: King Jesus. You should be compelled. Your
0: feet should be moving towards him. Your spiritual body should be moving towards him. Your spirit needs to be moving towards him.
1: Do your feet move towards the king? We're talking about action, so let's continue. Your hands must be compelled
0: to give to the king. Let's read in verse 11 of Matthew chapter 2. On coming to the house, they saw the child was with Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. After moving in the direction of the king, we also see that they had come ready to give to the Messiah, the baby that was born. They came bearing gifts, gifts of high value and meaning, and they gave it to Jesus and they laid it at his feet as an act of worship. I love this and what this means for us and what we can take from this. I remember the first time one of our team members, and he's not just a team member, he's pretty much family. Jordan, uh, Jordan is one of our team members. He does sound for us uh, uh, up here at Radiate on Radiate Sundays. Um, And I remember when Jordan Uh, as a young man, came to uh, my house shortly after I had gotten married. Um, It was the first time that he was coming to my house and also the first time that he was going to be spending some real close quality time with my wife. And uh, he makes a long trek out from wherever he was at to New Jersey at the time where I was living. And when he showed up to the door, he came with a bouquet of flowers for Vanessa. And Vanessa, like literally turned into mush. Like she loved Jordan. Like instantly, she was moved by his gift and, and and the gesture that he had made, right? You see, the act of giving was an external sign of Jordan's internal character. It showed that he valued and prioritized the time that he would spend with all of us with us and and meeting my wife, uh, being close to my wife for the first time. And yes, there was an exchange of sorts. If I remember, like I bought, we bought food and like he just spent time with us and we kicked it, we had dinner. So he received something and we fellowshiped and we talked, but his intention was to give first. When you come to the King, be ready to give now, don't get it twisted. The Magi gave gifts and there was meaning and even prophecy behind the gifts that they gave. But when we talk about giving, we are talking about just physical or monetary things. The most important thing that you can give to the king is yourself in worship, in relationship, in submission. When you are in the presence of the king, be ready to give yourself holy. Completely and fully give of yourself with intention and purpose that says, I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I long to do. But the giving doesn't have to stop with just worship or non tangible things. It can also mean that we actively give to the kingdom and to our community. Remember what Jesus says about what happens when we give. Not only when we give to Jesus directly or give to the church or the body directly, but what happens when we give to those in need in an act of worship? Jesus actually says, you do so. When you do so, you actually give to me. When you give to the least of these, you give to me. And finally, souls, that are changed by the king. Number five. When we read verse twelve, to get a, we need to read verse twelve to get a grasp of what's being spoken and what's going on here, right? So we already read verse eleven. Read verse eleven, and we see that uh, the, the 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 wise men, these magi, these three kings had gone to Jesus, bore gifts, lay at his feet, adorned him in worship. They, 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 their hearts were compelled, their eyes had seen, their feet had moved, their hands gave. But now in verse 12, we see something specific. But God warned them in a dream not to go back to Herod. So they returned to their country on a different road. These men had an encounter with the Lord, an encounter with the Almighty King. One so powerful that after the encounter, God actually speaks to them and it leads them to a change of heart and mind. These men were filled with joy and worship after being in the presence of the King and adorning him with gifts. After this experience, God says, now that you've had an encounter with my son, the Messiah, You can't go back to the way you used to be. You can't go back the way you came. You can't return to the same old, same old. You can no longer do what was once expected of you. You can't go back. Now, to be upfront, there is no biblical text here that says, And the Magi came to the knowledge and understanding of what it means to have Jesus in their hearts and were transformed from the inside out. There's no text that says that, right? So I'm not going to act like I officially know. But what I can say and what I strongly believe is that these men were inwardly changed by the encounter that they had with Jesus. Because it was expressed through their outer behavior. After being in the presence of Jesus, God speaks, tells them, you can't go back and return the old way, the way that King Herod wants you to go. Instead, you have to go somewhere else. And guess what they do? They end up changing their direction.
1: After being in
0: the presence of Jesus, they were going to do one thing and instead did something completely different. That change was marked by the change in their choice and their behavior. I know that we are expected to go back and report what we've seen is probably going through their minds. I know we're supposed to go back there and go back to Herod and tell him what exactly we saw, but we encountered the Messiah. We encountered heaven on earth. We can't go back the same way we came the king's presence changed their minds and the hearts of the magi which led them to a place where they changed their choices, behaviors and plans. folks, do you allow for the presence of the king to be more than just a bodily and emotional experience? Do you give it the chance to change your heart and mind and ultimately change your decisions, behaviors and plans? The presence of the king changes you. and the change of jesus Brought when he came into and the change that Jesus brings when we come into a life of alignment and worship causes us to change our behaviors. And our choices. Your encounter with the king should compel you to change and keep you from going back to the same old, same old. And don't get it twisted. We're not perfect. I know we're not perfect. But there should still be an inward pull that keeps you from wanting to go back. I know sometimes the flesh is weak. I know I get it. But is that pull there? Is that desire there? Is that change still there? Y'all, Jesus came. He entered into our space in order to change the course of your life
1: and the course of humanity. It
0: means nothing if Jesus being born, coming into the flesh, God in the shape of man, in the form of
1: mankind. It means nothing if it doesn't result in a change of your personhood and entire being. Jesus comes in to our life and enters into humanity to change it. And he comes to you to change your life. So it means something when we say, take me to the king. Take me into his presence.
0: Take me to Jesus. This king who In his matchless power and infinite knowledge could have come roaring in with lights and fanfare and trumpets and power. But instead came in sweetly, quietly, quaintly. Because in that we would have to come to the choice of belief and recognition of him as king. You see, if Jesus came in shouting, hooting and hollering. It would have been easy for us to be like, yeah, that's him. And maybe the choice to follow him would have been easy, but. Because he came in the way that he did. The choice to follow him is instead one that's intentional and personal.
1: This Christmas. Jesus. Is the king. And Jesus wants to be the head of your life. This Christmas,
0: the King, the Messiah, the wonderful counselor, the Prince of Peace, he's here. And he's just waiting for you. Just wait. Maybe you already are in relationship with Jesus, and you just needed a reminder today. Today's your reminder. Today's your chance. Today's the day where you get the chance to say, you know, I need a refresher. I came off course a little bit, but take me to the King. Or maybe you're just listening to this message and you stumbled across it and somebody invited you or you just found it on Facebook and YouTube and you said to yourself as well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I think my heart's being compelled. This is your moment. This is your chance to be taken to the king. Maybe you're saying take me to the king. Y'all, if that's you this morning, if you feel pulled, if you feel compelled, I want to pray. Let's, can we do that together? I think we all need to say to ourselves on this Christmas, take me to the king. As we look at the end of 2021 and get ready to go into 2022, we don't know what's going to pop off. We don't know what's going to happen. We thought we had an idea at the end of 2020. And it feels like we're back in the same place in 2021. We need the King now more than ever. We need to be in His presence. We need hearts that are pulled towards Him. We need eyes that can see Him moving and working. Feet that move towards His direction. Hands that give. And a soul that is changed. Can we pray, take me to the King. Let's pray that together. Father. This evening, as we remember and celebrate and lift up the birth of the Messiah, King Jesus, Emmanuel, Lord, we say, take us to the King. Lord, we want to have hearts that are pulled in his direction. We want to have eyes that observe what he is doing. We want to have feet that walk towards him. We want to have hands that are ready to give to him. And we want to have souls that are transformed All by being in his presence, Father God. We ask right now that on this Christmas, Father God, as we remember him, Lord, that we, just like the Magi, leave different. The way we entered in is not the way that we're going to go home. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to remember the fact that Jesus was born. And Jesus, the baby that you gave, Lord. The son that you sent was the earthly embodiment of love in its purest and holiest form. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for this gift. And we, like the angels, Father, we say glory to the newborn king. And like the magi, we go to be in his presence. And Lord, as we invite him into our lives and into where we are, we ask that his presence be deeply rooted within us. Not just for a moment, but for all eternity, for the rest of this life and into the next. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you. In the name of the baby Messiah, King Jesus, we pray. Amen.